The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, everyone. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. Hello. Yeah, nice to be there. (laughs) (laughs) We're super excited to have you all here for this uh, show about top outbound prospecting techniques to book more meetings. We have two incredible guests here. I'm your host, Caroline. Let's dive in. So today we have myself, we have Matya Shopper and Tibal Soiri. And Tibal is the CEO and founder at Sales Labs. Matya is the co-founder of SDRs of Germany, though you might remember her from Sales Loft. <laughs> so before we dive in, if you're looking to level up your game in 2023, we are here to help with our Sell Better Daily Shows membership. So go ahead and scan this QR code for instant access to trainings and resources, corporate trainings for your team, all that good stuff. So check us out at sellbetter.xyz or go ahead and scan Paradigm. this QR code. Yes. Caroline, I feel like you're sharing the wrong screen, maybe, because we're seeing your talk notes. <laughs> we're not seeing the <laughs> the presentation. That's awesome. No, that's awesome. We're we're off to a really great start. Thank you. It's a Friday. It is a Friday. It is a Friday. Thank you so much for letting me know that. Um, <laughs> all right, I think we're good to go. Right? This. Yes. Oh, excellent. Now. You guys just got such a glimpse into my, like, the inner workings of my brain, so thank you. Anyway, as I was saying, go ahead and scan this QR code if you are looking to level up your game um, and get instant access to a ton of really great trainings from the Sell Better folks. Um, Big thanks to our partners. We have Apollo, Vidyard, Owler, and Outreach. Um, Special thanks to Outreach, and go ahead and check the chat for our daily value drop from Outreach. Um, This is going to be a really fantastic resource for all of their uh, webinars and, you know, awesome learning opportunities. So go ahead and check the chat for that. So today we're going to get into secret social selling tips to accelerate prospecting. So from DMs to in-mails to referrals, We're also going to go into what works best today for personal branding, but more specifically, personal branding for prospecting. Um, And we're also going to go into unique approaches to cold emailing that actually work. So please stick around for that because T-Bolt has an awesome framework that he's going to share with you guys. But before we do that, question for the audience. I just want to know where everyone's calling in from. Um, You know, where's everyone coming to us from? Are you an SDR? Are you a seller? So feel free to answer this poll here. We'd love to know who we have in the room. Awesome. It looks like mostly SDRs, which is awesome because this is going to be a really fantastic show for you. So, Matia, before we dive into this super unique approach that you have to social selling, I just want you both to kind of give me your definitions of social selling. So, Matia, since we're going to start with you with this awesome creative poem that you wrote, why don't you start and kind of give us your definition of social selling? Yeah, of course. I think I said to you in in the pre-call, I was like, oh, this is going to be difficult because I think social selling (laughs) and personal branding are both such big words and I think everyone interprets them differently, right? For me... Social selling and personal branding are two different things that work best when they are being combined. So I think social selling works best if you have 
a personal brand and then that will accelerate it, right? But I think social selling, my definition to it is just instead of um, using email or phone, using your personal brand and the platform that LinkedIn provides to generate interest and connect with people and talk to them, right? Um, and by default, then you end up selling something at the end, hopefully. So yeah, a little bit difficult for me. Maybe Thibault has a better definition. <laughs> Are you putting me on the spot here? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries, no worries. I think I think uh, I to kind of bounce on the definition you, you gave. So uh, I think it's just like a word that everyone uses in different ways. Some people think social selling is about posting stuff on LinkedIn. Some other think it's about using it to prospect. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think it's about you could call that demand generation, but it's just all the things that include uh, trying to either create some kind of audience or attention to your profile or uh, through commenting on other people's posts, being able to kind of be visible. And people, you know, they will just think about a problem they have and they'll be, okay, yeah, I have this problem. I'm going to go and check it, check this person. So for me, I think about SDRs or, you know, like, Anything related SDRs in Germany, I'm going to think about you, Mattia, because this SDRs of Germany, you're always talking about that. So that's the idea. And then there's a whole lot of things that are coming out of it, opportunities. But then you can also be more proactive and be, okay, I'm going to use all this audience to go and start conversations with people who check my profile, who engage with my posts. And I think that's uh, that's all these these things. Yeah. yeah, put a put a one in the chat if you check your profile views on LinkedIn. That's just me being curious because I personally do pretty often, but I, I recently started doing that. Um, so, Matia, before we dive into, I'm seeing a lot of ones, by the way, just seeing a lot of ones. Uh, Matia, but before we dive into the awesome poem that I just teased for the audience up on the screen, um, can you kind of tell us what do you, do you think LinkedIn should be a platform to pitch? Yeah, again, also a question that I thought about. And I think most people on LinkedIn would probably say, no, like don't ever pitch on LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. Which I understand. I think um, we need we need to think about how we pitch on LinkedIn. It's going to be like just pitching, just pitch slapping anyone doesn't work on phone, doesn't work on, on, on email, and it will also not work on LinkedIn, right? So I think if by pitch, you mean pitch slapping and sending someone a connection request saying, hey, I want to sell you this, like, let's talk today at 2 p.m. or something. Right. <laughs> That's not going to work and you shouldn't do that. But I do think that, of course, at some point, while you interact with prospects on LinkedIn, you need to tell them what you do and why you want to speak to them. And that's kind of pitching as well, right? So absolutely, I think LinkedIn is one of the most powerful things that you can do, right? When I was an SDR at Salesloft, LinkedIn was my life. LinkedIn was my lead generation. I And towards the end of me being at Salesloft, I was there for a year, a little bit more than a year. Towards the end of it, I was only using LinkedIn as a channel for my lead generation and for booking my meetings. And I would hit target at the fourth or fifth day <laughs> of the month just wow. because so many people were messaging me because they knew me. They knew I was from Salesloft. Even now, almost a year after quitting Salesloft, people still think of me 
about sales loft and they still message me and they say hey i want to have a demo i want to see how sales loft looks like and i always have to be like well i don't even work there anymore right but that's that's the impact that linkedin personal branding and social selling can have when you are an sdr because now nowadays a lot of people come to me and they're like yeah but you were a founder right and you have your own company and there i can see but they can't they can't see how you could do that as an sdr and i'm always like that's how i started right that's I was an SDR for a, for a year at Sales Loft and all I did was personal branding and social selling. And for me, it was absolutely the most effective thing to do. There is some people that are better on the phone. I think in the pre-call, when we said, oh, we should talk about cold calling, me and Thibault were both like, ooh, we are not the right people to talk yeah. about cold calling because <laughs> I don't do cold calling. Uh, I only do everything over LinkedIn. So... I obviously have to say that absolutely, yes, LinkedIn is a platform where you should pitch and where you should sell or you should start the selling motion. And if you don't, then you're missing out on a huge, huge opportunity. Oh, I love it. Everything you just said like really resonates. And James in the chat says that LinkedIn's a great tool for inviting people to in-person events. Mm-hmm. So people, I want to hear from you too. Like, what do you think about that? Do you invite people to stuff on LinkedIn? Do you use it to pitch? Like, how do you use LinkedIn? So for me, the the approach I use is uh, um, I'm not doing the pitch lab as 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 such. So there's a rule on LinkedIn which is like the terms and condition that you should only invite people you know, which I think is really stupid. So uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. That's actually in the terms and conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you invite people and you get reported because they say I don't know this person. You can get like uh, banned or whatever. So it, you have to be careful with the the way you're doing it. But no one actually does that. But um, one thing that that is so. I think it's been done because I got what thirty thousand followers, so all these people don't know me personally, or I don't know them personally. But I think it's, um, you know, you can use it to start conversations with people, and then you navigate the conversation to see if they have a problem you can help with. So for me, it's never, hey, go check this thing, but it's more I'm checking specific triggers. So if they check my profile or if they like a post or a comment that is relevant to what they're doing, I'll give you an example. Uh, Mattia, you had your your previous colleague Charlotte, who you mm-hmm. were. She's also posting regularly on the, on the on LinkedIn and she gets very good engagement. And so all this engagement comes from people who very often fit with my ideal customer profile. So what I'm going to do when I, I don't have enough people who uh, check my profile, I go there and she talks, for example, about how to use a PS in your cold email to get more conversation. And that's really cool. So it attracts a lot of people. And then I'm going to go to these people, send a connection request and say, hey, notice you also liked uh, Charlotte's post about using PS in emails. I'm curious what what other kind of uh, tactics are you using, or do you have a specific playbook to make sure that your SDRs are using this PS? And with this kind of thing, you're able to start conversations and get people to really engage with you. And and then they say, oh, yes, I have something, or I don't really have something. Some people will ignore you. Some people will be curious. And based on this, you can share some value. And when people have a problem, either immediately or later on, they're going to think about you because you shared this value. So for me, that's the approach I take. I use LinkedIn for prospecting every day, and that's really that's really helping me to to get some good results with that. I love it, and I wanna I wanna go back to um, creative ways to socially sell. I'm gonna share the right screen this time. I think uh, <laughs> sounds good, right? <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> so, Matia, talk us through this poem. I'm enthralled. Who was this for? Like, was this just was this for a specific prospect or just for all marketers? Like, tell us. Yeah, 
I'll give you a little. I'll, gi I'll give you a little backstory, right? So when um, I first started as an SDR, I was um, an SDR for Adverity, mm -hmm. and um, they were a marketing analytics platform. And I had no idea how hard the SDR job was, right? Like I, I remember the first day I walked into the office. I'm like, yeah, this can't be so hard. Like, just gotta <laughs> talk to a couple of people, book a few meetings, right? right. And um, yeah, reality hit super fast obviously that no one wants to talk back to me that i'm the only one that wants to talk to people um and i have to say like i was struggling for the first couple of months like i was sitting there and i was like i am not sure how i'm going to get to my numbers right? right and all i was doing i was on linkedin and i was following all these cool people and i was a lot of the times copying what other people were doing right so like three months into it i looked at my numbers and i was like no one's answering my calls. No one's answering my emails. No one's answering my uh, LinkedIn messages. What do I need to do? And I went and I um, I asked my dad, who's the head of business development, and I said to him, can I please go and look into your inbox? And he was like, why the hell do you want to look into my inbox? And I was like, because I need to see what all the other people are doing and how what I am doing compares to that, right? So I took like two, three hours. I went through every single sales email or LinkedIn message that my dad was getting. And I just wrote down what is everyone else doing and what catches my attention? Because what I realized, I think Sales Love brought out a, start, uh, a study a year ago or something where they were saying that when they analyzed a C-level executive, your average C-level executive gets around 128 emails or something a day, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. They, they get so many emails <laughs> our prospects. So I looked at everything. And I kind of under started understanding that if I do what everyone else does, I'm just another little fish mm -hmm. in the sea of those 128 people that are trying to get their attention, right? And when I was looking through the inboxes, everyone was just doing the same thing. Everyone was writing like, hello, nice to meet you. Like we do X and we do Z and let's talk, right? Um, and then I really started thinking about, okay, what can I do completely different in the ways that I'm doing my social selling or my emails so that I actually get the time of day of these prospects so that they wouldn't be like, ah, oh, another email, get 127 of them a day, but that I am the one email where they're like, oh, I have not seen anything like this because that's what it's all about. I think in this current climate, especially when it's hard to get attention and that's all I want to do. I want to get attention. So one of these things that I thought of was, okay, why don't I show my prospects a little bit of creativity and a little bit of something that they haven't seen and I'm going to write a breakup poem. And that was one of those breakup poems um, where wow. them emails already, I did calls, right? And this was like my breakup email. Um, <laughs> and it was for all the digital marketers that um, I had sent so many mail, but that didn't get their marketing up to scale, right? And then people would actually write back at the last step of my cadence would be like, whoa, I've never seen anything like this. I didn't have time to read any of your emails, but now you have my attention. So I'm going to go back and reread your emails where you state your value prop right. and then have a meeting with you. Um, yeah. And it really wasn't that long. It didn't take me that long to write this, right? I mean, you could probably use this template and then turn around like a couple of words to make it fit. Words. Yeah. That you were selling but folks in the chat like 
save i mean th this is like gold right here especially to use as kind of a template and then this next slide here matia tell us what it like this is genius um can you explain to the audience what this is and how you used this of course this actually i need to give props to i think it was sdrs of london um because i think a year or two ago i saw this in a video that they had posted um, if you're in England and you don't know STRs of London, go follow them. Um, so this is like a super easy, uh, a super easy trick where when you're on your prospect side, so let's say I'm prospecting sales loft, right? Uh, I took this as an example. Um, and you go to the console and you click, I need to look into my notes, document.design mode equals on. Then you can actually start um, editing the page that you are on. Obviously, once you refresh it, that's going to go away. But you can then use their website and write something onto that website. So every time that I would get to a step where um, I've been trying, you know, I've sent them value statements, I've, I've, I've offered them my help and they, I haven't gotten anything back, I would go on their website and write something onto their website, especially when I was uh, outbounding marketing people, I would just write something funny on their website, take a screenshot, <laughs> and then put it into the email and say, even your website is telling you to take a meeting with me. Why do you not reply to me? And a lot of people thought it was really funny, to be fair. With some websites, it works better than with others, right? Um, but it was always something that got me a lot of uh, att uh, attention and replies. Wow. Matia, the folks in the chat really want you to kind of repeat how you did this. Maybe you could put the steps in the chat. And Tibalt, can you can you tell me what you would do if you got prospected with something like this? So, I mean, uh, it's it's a, it's a tactic I, I use also, and uh, it's something that, that works really well. So for me, um, it depends on the on the text, you know, again. So if the text is really good, you know, and, and you know, it's my website and it's just saying some stuff, I'd be like, how did you do that? So, uh, so in most cases, people don't really know how to, how to do it. So they won't really get it. So first thing they're going to do is go check their website to make sure it's not on their website. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, reply because I'd be like, how did you do that? You know? So, uh, I think this is really great to break a pattern. Yeah. 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 I, I really love that. So the last thing I want to talk about here when it comes to creative ways to socially sell, Matia, this cracked me up. This is a thing that you used to get someone to respond. Um, I just love how creative you are with your approach. Maybe you could both talk me through. What do you think about memes and GIFs and stuff like that? Do you think it's a little like, do you think it's overdone? Do you think it's still something that can be creative? Like, what do you guys think? And let you both go first on this. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I think it's a, it's a very uh, gen, uh, what's it, gen... Z uh, thing because I'm a meme myself, so I don't really know how to do that. <laughs> use video, I think, or something like that for for this thing. But I think it's really something that's really smart. You just have to know the meme culture really well. Personally, I don't know how to do memes. I don't really have the social networks except LinkedIn, so I don't really catch all the, these kind of templates. But if you know the templates and the formula, it works perfectly. So I think it's uh, if you're in this culture and you're targeting people who are you could say millennials, I think that they get gifts, you know, but if you go for people who are a you know, bit older, who don't really get it, they're not going to get it at all. But if you go up to people who know this culture, they're just going to, they're going to jam with it really well. So I think it's really about knowing who, who you're targeting 
and knowing how to do it properly. Because personally, yeah, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really good point. Um, folks in the audience, what is stopping you from building your personal brand? What's stopping you from getting active on LinkedIn? Um, you know, from kind of using a lot of these tactics that Matya has laid out. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm seeing a lot of imposter syndrome first, uh, which I think is definitely something to touch on briefly. Um, I hope that people feel empowered after this show to use some of these tactics because imposter syndrome is killed by courage. So be courageous, be yourself. You know, if you're not sure what to post, if you're not sure where to start, following these two is an excellent first step. Um, and Matya, to your point earlier, kind of copying what other people are doing and but but putting your own spin on it using templates that are out there. That's totally okay. Um, Absolutely. That was that was actually the the reason why I went to um, why I went to uh, Regent Street to take that picture of the meme because I don't know if you you know this the the, the original meme is the guy I think he's in New York right and he's holding up this sign right and um, I, I I started using it and obviously I built my brand on the basis of memes and creative outreach and stuff like that. So a lot of people were copying that I was using the guy that was holding the signs. Mm. And as always, when a lot of people are using it, it becomes ineffective, right? That's why a lot of the times what you see on LinkedIn is already old news because so many people are already using it, right? So for me, it was always very, very um, important to stay at the forefront, to always do something that no one else has done yet. So, and that's the only way you could do that is by being unique, right? And once I realized that everyone else is using that meme, I was like, okay, what can I do to make this even more unique? So I went to Regent Street and I said to my friend, my friend thought I was comp I was going completely nuts, right? I was like, you were coming with me, you were shooting a meme, like I'm using <laughs> this in my prospecting. And she was like, okay, she has gone crazy. And we went to Regent Street and we took that picture. And um, it was working even better than a normal meme because now you have that funny part of it, but then you also bring in your personality, you bring in your face. That's why video setting works so well, right? Because we need to make ourselves authentic and we need to show people that we are human beings and that we are personal and we're not just using a LinkedIn automation bot, right? Yes. Um, I think memes in general, I completely agree with what Chibol has, has said. Like. It is a little bit of a fine line. You need to know when you can do it, even though you'd be surprised. I prospected mainly middle-aged German people, and you would think they're the driest people on the planet. I saw some people are <laughs> from Germany in the chat, so you could, you could confirm this with me. You were always a little <laughs> bit more traditional, right? And they would be cracking on those memes, right? And you would, I, I would have never thought that. Um, and I think it's always um, to give you guys a little bit of a, 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 a guide on how you can do memes, like think about what are the problems that your product is solving, right? What are situations that are relate that your prospect relates with? So when I was selling sales love, one of the things that um, we would help with or the problems that we would solve is that reps, I think, spend 33% of their day updating CRMs and Salesforce and stuff like this, right? A long thing that annoys the sellers, but obviously also annoys the, the head of sales and the VP of sales because that is time that they should be spending on revenue generating activities. 
So I made a meme. I don't know if you guys know it. The guy that sits in front of the laptop and then he drinks his coffee and then there's a new picture of him and he's like 80 years old or something. Yeah. And I just thought about, okay, how can I depict that situation, that problem that sellers have that we can solve? How can I make this into a meme, right? So I made something. So it was this guy and I said next to it, I said, hey, um, oh, I'm just going to update my CRM. And then 30 days later, he's or like 30 seconds later, no, 30 years later, <laughs> super old, right? And it took yeah. me so much time. And I would send it in an email to a VP of sales and be like, is this how your sellers are feeling? And then what the great thing would be is he would he would laugh. It would get his attention. He would forward it to all his sellers and be like, guys, is this how you're feeling? Can you relate to it? All the sellers are like, yeah, man, it takes us so long to update Salesforce and it's annoying. And the VP of sales comes back to me, takes a meeting with me because now I not just have his in, I also have the in of his entire team. And that's how you how you can sell, build on relatability. And memes, yeah. just, that's why memes go so viral, right? Because people see it and they can identify and relate to it. And if you can use that, if you can capture that magic in your outreach, it's gold. And I'm seeing a, a couple notes in the chat about, you know, this is particular to selling to sellers. It's really not. Humor is not reserved for sellers. <laughs> Humor is something that everyone in this world hopefully has, um, you know, e even if it's not to the outward degree that some other folks have. So don't be afraid to try this on your ICP. Even if you're not selling to sellers or selling to marketers, don't be afraid to try this out. It's actually worked really well for me on engineers. You would never think that, but it no. really has. Um, T-Bolt, what do you think about that? Like, I know, you know, we've talked a little bit about um, personal branding being kind of huge for yourself, um, you know, as an individual and as someone for opportunities for yourself, um, personal branding to get yourself a job. But what do you think about personal branding and how it reflects on your company? So um, I think it's... Um uh, it's a really good question. I think one thing that's really important is uh, um, to understand, you know, like I think what Mattia did, for example, starting, you know, and putting her personal brand to the benefits of Salesloft was great, but you have to be able to branch out at some point. So it's always something that's a bit of a, you can put everything for your company, but one thing that's certain is the day you start stop being like uh, economically interesting for the company, they're going to get rid of you. So yeah. for me, that's, Something is personal brand is a personal brand and you have to be able to market it to uh, to your company. Personally, I have a lot of sponsored deals. Uh, I built a personal brand that, you know, I have my own company. So it's, it's another story, but I market this to, to people and they just pay me for that. You have to be able to do the same. And when you're an SDR and you have a big brand, you have to be able to trade that against money or equity or anything you want. But it's really important to understand that when you build that, you know, it becomes really you may not realize for me it's like not talking about imposter syndrome lots of people talking about that for me i just sometimes i'm like i don't really understand why people just listen to what i have to say yeah. uh, but if you know like the market is validating what i'm saying so i guess that's that's you know I, I, I guess that works so i think it's just understand that it's really valuable it's something that it should be personal and if you work in an industry that you don't like you know i don't know if you're building a personal brand about something you hate it's going to be really challenging <laughs> and we start to need if you want to monetize it. Absolutely. I have a slide here. I actually kind of want to highlight this for a second. Um, I built this out to help folks understand how personal brand building for prospecting works. Um, 
So, you know, brand building is really about engaging as much as it is about creating your own content. So for folks in the chat who are saying, I don't know where to start, no idea, I'll tell you, honestly, follow people. Start by listening. Um, start by engaging. For every one post you make, go engage with three posts that aren't yours. Um, you know, personalize the text at the top of posts that you reshare. Reply to comments on your post, right? Like you can totally start by actually just observing and listening. Um, and then this is really important. Consider your two audiences. So consider your audiences on LinkedIn in two buckets. Who do you sell to and who do you speak to? So who you sell to is your ICP. So that's sellers, marketers, engineers, data leaders, CMOs, CEOs, whatever, right? Who you speak to could be your peers. So if you're an SDR, who you speak to on LinkedIn are probably fellow SDRs. Maybe people wanting to break into tech. Maybe people who were SDRs, right? So create content for both of those audiences. Tibble, is that kind of what you were getting at, you know, when you were talking about creating stuff on LinkedIn, you have sponsorships, but you also inject your own story on LinkedIn, which I love so much. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you a story, something that that, that was quite recent a few weeks ago. I, I got that. So um, I live three months a year in Mexico and we went uh, like a few weekends ago with my wife and my son, we went to, to friends. Uh, in a place, actually, one of the most dangerous states in Mexico called Michoacan, which is beautiful. You know, there's uh, not so many tourists, so it's great. And we went, there's a small lake uh, where you, you go and then you can take like a small boat to go to an island. And as you go on this boat, you know, it's very, uh, you know, it's just like, as a, you just go and in your sound like, it's just very nice. It's very well done. There's food, you know, in the, in the small harbor and you just go in the boat. And as you go in the boat, you see some people, some fishermen, uh, you know, uh, come in the lake and we pass by the fishermen, the boat stops. And then the fishermen start just like uh, showing and do some kind of a show on how they basically fish. So it's like they go in circles and they just, you know, they just do their own stuff. And then they show you, you know, what they caught. And then there's a guy coming and just, you know, to your boat and basically collecting money. And so I was like, this is a very good example of how to build the brand based on something that people, you know, are interested in. So if you go on YouTube, for example, I personally love watching videos of uh, Korean food being made. Uh, there's a guy talking about dams and water dams or whatever. So there's always a topic you can talk about that will sound to you just very, you know, boring, but it's very interesting for people. Look at LinkedIn. We're talking about sales and prospecting. It's, it's not really the coolest or the most exciting stuff in the world. There's millions of people following it because people are interested in knowing what's the behind the scenes. And so what I found with these fishermen, and they are making money by fishing, but they're also making, and I think more money by monetizing it and just doing their personal brand and just, you know, doing exactly the same in, in real world as we would do in the, on YouTube or, or on the internet. So I think that's really about that. It's just what sounds to you very boring and, you know, your day-to-day -day is very interesting to a lot of other people. I love that. And the way that you just told that story too, that would make a great LinkedIn post in and of itself. So for yeah. folks in the audience, yeah, to both. <laughs> yeah, no, next week. <laughs> yeah. For folks in the audience, think about stories like that that you have. Start to tell those kinds of stories because that's really valuable and that's really entertaining. I was just totally enthralled in that story about a fisherman that I don't know. So that's really awesome. T-Vault, so I, I kind of want to move on to talk a little bit about cold emailing because I can't wait to get to your framework. Before I do that, question for the audience, what's your current reply rate? 
Um, reply rate means, you know, the rate of replies you get per emails that you send. So if you don't know what it is, that's fine. But if you do, let us know in the chat. And T-Bolt, you have an awesome, uh, you have an awesome framework. So I'm going to let you explain this. Yeah, sure. So basically, it's a framework you can use for anything asynchronous. So meaning when you're not doing a conconning and talking to someone, it's a framework that has four steps that I use for LinkedIn. You can do in video prospecting, but also in email. And it's really simple, really short. And the idea is trigger, question, teaser, call to action. So if you can go maybe to the next slide, uh, so I can you know, explain that. So the first thing is your trigger is the excuse for reaching out to prospects. So why am I reaching out? What's the... You know, what's the reason I'm, I'm getting there? And there's many types of triggers you can use, but, you know, three that I really like are uh, people who like or, com or comment on the post. I talked about that, you know, with um, the post of Charlotte, for example, where she's posting about using a PS in an email. Someone liking this and being a head of business development or sales development would be a good target for me. So I would mention this as a, hey, so you like this post from this person. Uh, you have LinkedIn event attendance, so this one works well. Whenever people attend to an event and you attend to, you can also see the uh, attending list. And if they fit with your SCP, you can also ask them what they expect from this event. Because people investing time in an event often means they are trying to solve a problem. Profile view, also a very good one. If you're posting or commenting regularly, people will see your profile and then you can just, as you would go in a shop, you know, you're going into a shop, you're looking for something. You know, there's a salesperson coming to you and asking you if you're interested in, you know, what, you know, if they can help you. That's kind of similar, but basically nothing. So these are three examples of triggers you can use. Then the question, for me, is this kind of away question, we call that. So it's a question focused on a problem a prospect may have. And, uh, you know, it's focused on the negative outcome of a situation. So a very good formula is how are you preventing slash avoiding or what are you doing to avoid prevent? So what are you doing to prevent your team from turning off prospects with pushy cold outreach? Or what are you doing to uh, avoid your team from wasting 30% of their time entering data in the CRM? That's an example here. And then once you're in there, you basically got their, their interest and you go to the teaser. And here, um, actually, I watched a recent show called Pressure Cooker on Netflix. So it's just like a cooking show and it's pretty cool. And, you know, they have uh, cliffhangers at the end of the, each episode where, you know, they, they have to, it's like 11 chefs together. They have to eliminate one person per, 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 per actually per show. And so right before eliminating the person and having the vote, they just cut the show and then you want to keep watching. That's basically the Netflix effect. I call that. And what we want to do in here is emulate that by saying, okay, you have this problem with, uh, you know, your SDRs turning off prospects with pushy call outreach. If you're interested, I have a quick resource I can share or an, I don't know, a 10 step checklist on how to bulletproof your cold outreach or the cold outreach of your SDRs. can be anything like a resource, a checklist. You're just basically teasing this resource. And basically, you finish with a call to action, which is just, instead of saying, hey, book a meeting now, you're just saying, if you're interested, let me know and I'll send it over. And this is a really great way to start a conversation because you're saying, I'm, not, I'm reaching out to you for this specific reason. I have a question about the problem. Do you have this problem? If you do, I have a resource for you. But if you like the resource, you have to go and answer. And that's how I get, like, I've been doing that for two years. I get a 38% reply rate because people are just naturally curious. And once you share the resource, they're able to kind of, like, get some value and then you can start navigating the conversation. And so if you're having issues with your reply rate, try this. And you may not book meetings immediately, but you're going to have so many more conversations. 
and you'll be able to kind of adapt and then book more meetings in the end. Yes. And here's a great example too. I love this example. Um, What you just said is gold. I hope everyone was kind of following along with that framework and thinking about how they can inject that into their prospecting. Um, That's really fantastic, especially the thing that you said about kind of the T, like the like a cliffhanger almost, Um, the Netflix effect. I love that. I used to do that in my emails. I used to say to people, hey, by the way, don't let me forget to show you XYZ on our next call. And they'd be like, what's XYZ? Because I wouldn't explain what it was. I would just be like, don't let me forget to show you how this works. Um, So that's absolutely fantastic. Matia, does your approach change on email? Do you find that you're more formal on email or are you still injecting humor, injecting the memes? Like what what are what are your what are your takes on email? Yeah. Um no, I'm not much much more than emails. Never actually, not even when I talk to investors or CEOs, which I think is the best way to be. Like just be yourself, meet people at their eye level, right? Um I'm never gonna change that. But um, yeah, no, I use it exactly the same the same way. Actually, I always tell the story that when I started as an SDR and it really wasn't working that well, I um, at some point I was um, I was comparing my WhatsApp messages to my to the emails that I sent out, right? And I was reading them and I was like, oh my god, these are two completely different people. In my emails, I was so stiff and so boring and so like I was like I would not even want to read these emails right if I was my prospect and then I'm reading like my whatsapp messages and I'm like hey Mattia you're actually pretty cool and you're a little bit funny and I would read your whatsapp messages and I was like why why am I putting on this mask this mask when I'm going to talk to prospects right and that was the day where I was like it i'm just gonna be completely myself and i'm just gonna write the emails like like i'm writing my whatsapp messages right that doesn't mean that i'm writing the same message to my prospect than to my friend at 2 a.m in the morning on a saturday night right but you get you get what i'm trying to say like i'm not i'm not trying to be super professional and i think people actually appreciate that much more than dry and stiff emails um that has always been my philosophy. I love that. I think, you know, again, if anyone takes anything away from this show, it should be to be courageous and to try new things in your prospecting. You don't have to stick with the same old kind of boring, super professional sounding email. Like try something new, switch it up, use pattern interrupts, use one of Matia's templates that she just showed you. Um, you know, use T-Bolt's email framework that we went through. Like these are such fantastic resources for everyone here. Um, so we have a few minutes left. We have a couple questions here in the chat. So I want to get to these. So T-Ball, I'll take your answer first here. So Rodolfo says, my two audiences have to be the same target. I write on LinkedIn about life, et cetera, but then I sell to accounting and legal departments. So I'm not totally sure what the question is here, but um, I think uh, your 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 two audiences don't have to be the same target, but Tibal, can can you kind of go into that? What are what are your thoughts there? So so the the question is is, is what is that uh, that audiences have to? I'm not sure. I got the question. I think I think I think what Rodolfo is asking is, do your two audiences have to be the same? Exactly. If you uh-huh. sell to accounting and to legal, does your content have to be? like catered to accounting and legal 
And my answer is no, but what people, what, what do you think? So personally, uh, I had this very, uh, that was a tough one. I, I, when I started posting on LinkedIn and being very intentional about that, I was thinking about sending to founders or, you know, help founders kind of like startup founders sell better or SDRs and account executive. And so for me, it was a bit of a challenge to understand what was the, the best kind of go for. And I chose to go for SDRs. I'm very happy about that. Um, and the thing is, one thing I noticed very much in the online courses sales I have is a lot of people who buy my courses are not really SDRs. Often they are founders, but I'm not writing for them. So one thing is if you write about life or different things, just pick one. So you can do a thing is you take a coin, you flip it and you, you know, you just assign one face to each, you flip it. And then basically, uh, whenever you open it, you just think about when he was flying, what was the the one you really wanted, you know, the, the face you wanted, you really wanted to see. And that's, that's the one you have to pick. Start talking about, uh, uh, for these people. And what you see is most likely some of them, you know, it will work for them, but it's going to resonate for a lot of other people. So I think that's, uh, it's just, you know, about picking one person, talk to one type of person, but then it doesn't mean it's not going to resonate with others. So I think that's, uh, yeah, that, that would be my take on that. That's a good point. I mean, my take is is similar, but I think that you can speak to both people. I think you can create content for both audiences. Um, you know, you can think about it like you're switching off. Like one day you tell a story about life, about how you got to where you are. The next day you share a PDF or a, a, a webinar or a podcast for accounting and legal folks who might be interested. Um, you can you can you don't have to think about it as you're only sharing one type of content. Um, so I personally like to kind of diversify it. You'll see me posting about Redis a lot. You'll see me posting about what Redis does. That appeals more to my ICP. And then you'll also see me posting about being a professional actress at one point in my life. So it kind of just depends. But Matia, can you take our last question here? How can one create content as a beginner for CEOs, engineers, people in cybersecurity, et cetera, when you don't know much yet? Okay. To answer it completely correctly, I would probably need a little bit more context and what are you trying what are you trying to achieve for it, right? But I think that that the the question almost goes for everyone, right? Everyone always asks me, how do you come up with content or what should I post, stuff like this. And I always say in the beginning, or even now I still do it, all I do is I write my diary on LinkedIn, right? Like <laughs> all I do is I, I I sit down on a Monday, on a Wednesday morning and I think about what have I learned or what mistake did I make or what fuck up did I have last week that people might be interested to know about or, you know, the they, they might want to know the way that I handled it or what I've learned from it. So I think that that's always what I say to people in the beginning, like, don't worry much about your content in the beginning, because let's be honest, in the beginning, no one sees it anyways, right? Like, no matter what kind of good content you put out there, the first couple of posts you put out there, no one's going to see them. Two people are going to like it, your ego is going to be hit. And then I'm going to tell you to definitely stay on track because the only, the, everyone, I feel like everyone always wants to start personal branding. And then they do two posts, they don't get any like, and then they throw it out of the window. And I'm always like, it takes at least two or three months for you guys to see the effects of it. This is a long-term investment. Like it's not going to be, you're not going to achieve it in a week. You're not going to achieve it in two weeks. So I think in the beginning, you don't 
But this is the, the this is the mistake that most people do in the beginning. They think too much about what kind of content they're going to post, and they think about it, and they think about it, and they think about it, and they go down this rabbit hole, and they never actually start doing it. So, to avoid going down that route, just wake up in the morning and be like, okay, I'm going to do it now. I don't I don't care what I'm going to post. I'm just going to post because first of all, you have to get over that fear of putting yourself out there and. I can relate to it so, so, so much. When I started posting on LinkedIn, I was 25. I had one year of a software seller experience. Like, who the fuck was I to, like, start posting now, right? So, yeah, it's, 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 it's not... Don't overcomplicate it in the beginning. Don't, like, I think in the beginning, the, the biggest hurdle that you have is self-confidence and your self-limiting beliefs get over that just start posting don't worry about the value of the content or what you're going to say much just do it like that is the first thing that you need to do and then you're going to get into it right i realized okay like once i got over it and i started posting i i i, I realized what kind of content i enjoyed more what the people liked more and you find yourself you find yourself but you're not going to be like okay i'm going to do a personal brand now and then everything is perfect and you go that just doesn't happen yeah, so I completely agree. We have to unfortunately end the show now. And that's such a bummer because I could talk to both of you forever. Um, please find us on LinkedIn. T-Ball, thank you for showing uh, or for sharing your LinkedIn in the chat here. We're all on LinkedIn. We're all super active there. Can't wait to see you guys on LinkedIn. DM us if you have any further questions. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for the invite, Caroline. Bye, <laughs> <Bye>, everyone. <laughs>